Today is a special edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast as Rachel and Russ from Locked On Flyers join Pat and I to discuss the Penguins offseason, what the future holds for the team, and the Penguins-Flyers rivalry right now, and whether it can get back to its glory days. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so continuing our Metro Division season preview crossovers with our fellow Locked On NHL hosts. Thrilled to welcome Hunter and Patrick from Locked On Pens. Welcome, guys. Thank you for having us. Hopefully yeah, this excited to be here. ignites the Flyers-Pens rivalry a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to talk about that a little bit, but I want to start out with the sort of beginning of the off season for y'all, like what was the feeling around the pens at the end of last season? And did the hiring of Kyle Dubas kind of change that pretty quickly going into the draft and free agency Hunter? Yeah. I mean, I think Kyle Dubas, when he was hired, he just, I guess ignited a, just a rebirth, I think for this franchise and its fans, just because of how, Last season ended for the Penguins. You know, you lose to the Chicago Blackhawks. They win the lottery anyway. You miss the playoffs for the first time in over a decade and a half. General manager gets fired. President Hockey Operations gets fired. A lot of change happens. But once Kyle Dubas came in, started to really just set his mark on this team, the fans really started to get excited. You know, you see July – actually, sorry, before July 1, the Riley Smith trade. That was a really good move. You have July 1 with some of the bottom six signings. You sign Ryan Graves. You bring back Tristan Jari, which obviously carries a big risk, but I think at that point they didn't feel like they had that many options. And then, of course, you top it all off with the Eric Carlson trade, which really I think sent the fan base over the edge. Right now, I think everyone is just super excited to get this thing going. There's about three weeks until opening night when the – Chicago Blackhawks, funny enough, will come to PPG Paints Arena to take on the Penguins, Connor Bedard versus Sidney Crosby. That's going to be so much fun. But I think the fans now, again, like they're just super excited for this season. This is probably the most excited I've seen the fan base in four to five years just because of the moves they made, the players they have, the new GM slash president hockey ops in there. I think it's a really exciting time for this franchise. Yeah, I I think, and this will eventually turn into a question, that with Dubas, I saw him put his stamp on the team at the draft. I'm a draft guy. I wanted to see. I was watching him intently. And two picks really, really caught my eye, the Braden Yeager and Emil Yarventi. Yarventi is not a very well-known guy, but I watched him at the Five Nations, and people could go to sportsology.com, my website, and read about him. But I think that was a really good sleeper pick. But Yeager was a pick that was sitting out there, and was a very, to me, a very astute pick because he's one of those guys like he's he's a Dubas guy and he's not everybody else's guy in the sense that he's under six foot. He's not necessarily the fastest guy. He doesn't necessarily have the best shot, but he's a really good hockey player that knows how to score, knows how to play, super smart. And I just want to you know get your guys feeling on how the fan base feels about it because I thought that was one of the best picks of the draft, honestly. Well... 
if you know anything about the last 10, 15 years here in Pittsburgh, we're not exactly worried about the draft. We're more worried about, you know, getting uh, free agents and trades out there and prospects to the wind, whatever. But for me personally, and I've been beating this drum since he got hired, is that having a, a general manager and president like Kyle Dubis is great for where this franchise is right now because one thing he's great at, and you talked about it with those two draft picks, is he's not afraid to go against conventional wisdom. He's not going to sit there in a room full of scouts who've been scouting Saskatchewan for 40 years and are going to tell you this guy's got the grit and the heart and the toughness and you got to pick this guy because he's big and brute. Kyle Dubas is going to go, you know that this league is – fast and, and offensive now, right? So, no, I'm not taking the 6'5 defenseman who cross-checks you in the teeth. I'm going to take the 5'8", 5'9 guy who's got wheels and a nose for the net. And Hunter and I talked about it yesterday on Locked on Penguins. Braden Yeager all of a sudden is putting a big stamp on the prospects challenge. And I said it, too, after watching his film when he was drafted – this is a guy who might end up in the NHL sooner rather than later, just because he possesses a lot of tools that can make a young guy succeed in the NHL or the AHL when he's going to go up and down. So, yeah, I mean, considering that the stars are aging out and they're not going to go into any kind of a rebuild anytime soon, having a guy like Kyle Dubas is great because he's going to sneakily restock your prospect pool. You look at his time in Toronto, a lot of guys you never thought of all of a sudden got drafted in the later rounds. They were making an impact for the Toronto Maple Leafs two, three years after that. So for where the the Pittsburgh Penguins franchise is, I wrote about it and said it just had to be this guy, and so far so good. Yeah, and just based off how he did at the Prospects Challenge, they wrapped it up just the other day. Braden Yeager had a ridiculous goal in that final game just beat beat his defender down the right side of the boards goes forehand backhand top cheese just a beautiful goal there i'm really excited to see what he does on his junior team this year i liked him coming out i think he has one of the best releases in the draft in my opinion he can just work on his 200 foot game a little bit more i don't think there's you know there's no reason why he can't be a contributing center in the nhl but i think he was the best player at the Penguins Prospects Challenge, him and Sam Poulin, I would say, but he was fantastic in that final game. Yeah, we talked about Jaeger on our show when we were doing our draft profiles and um, really liked him a lot. So I definitely think it was a, a good pick for the Pens. Um, you, you mentioned Dubas making a lot of moves and trying to sort of change the character of the team. And there was a lot of turnover this offseason, losing Dumoulin, Jason Zucker's gone, Benina's gone, but there's, you know, the Lars Eller pickup, Rem Pitlick, Matt Nato. Just it feels like an almost new team, despite the fact that, you know, Crosby and Malkin are still around. Like, do you feel like the team has a different vibe and a different character than it's had? I think, yeah, I definitely think the vibe is different this year. I think everyone is really excited to get this thing going. Cindy Crosby was delivering season tickets earlier this week, and he was asked a few questions by the media. And he basically said, yeah, I just want to get on the ice with these guys. I'm really excited. It's I've been off, off the ice for so long. It stinks not being in the playoffs and playing. Just 
not watching from home is awful. And you can just tell that the vibe around this offseason has really just, again, ignited not just the fans, but the team in general. The top six is expected to be really good, I think, this year. The bottom six should be better, especially defensively. But the biggest question with that is how many goals will they score compared to last year? And especially in that Eric Carlson trade, I thought Kyle Dubas, again, did a tremendous job getting out of some of those bad deals or trades that Ron Hextall had made over the past year. You know, someone like a Jan Ruda, someone like a Mikhail Granlund, you know, you get Jeff Petrie sent to Montreal before he got dealt to Detroit. It just feels like a different group heading into this year. Now, do they still have the Jeff Carter contract for another year? (laughs) Yes, that's a little annoying, but they're going to have to put up with it for one more year. But outside of that, there's really not too many bad deals on the team and just with how this core really wants to win another one they're just chomping at the bit to really get this thing going yeah Yeah, so it it does feel a little different uh the one thing i will say real quick and i I said this on i've said this on our show a bunch the biggest thing for me is that is kyle dubas and mike sullivan and the rest of the front office feels like they're creating competition for the bottom six and bottom defensive pairings going into camp and when you're a franchise like the penguins who have kind of had their big names locked up for the longest time it's easy to get complacent so making it so some younger guys and some vets from the outside are going to have to battle to make the team i think is one of those rising tide lifts all ships kind of things so i'm excited looking at this roster going into camp so Let's talk about Mike Sullivan, because every year I go to cover the USHL Fall Classic, I get to watch him in practice and practices and and the years they went to the Cup. you know. So I, I've seen a lot of Mike Sullivan going back to the Bruins, Rangers, all that, because I've been in this business for a while. And, you know, and he and he keeps getting better. But like two years ago, I noticed he really was was pushing guys for pace and for speed. And now, you've, you know, you, you got Kyle Dubas there. So now Sullivan is a big named coach and he's the one that got Tristan Jerry signed. Like, I think we all know that. And so there is a, there is a dividing line. Well, you could talk about it if you don't think so, but I think he did. Um, there's a dividing line um, that now Dubas is going to have to try and cross over the next year or two to maybe get some of his way with Mike Sullivan, but it's going to be hard. So I'm curious as to, you know, how you feel that that's part's going to go. It's funny that you bring this up because we actually did talk about this just yesterday. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm of the belief he's a top five, if not top three NHL coach, and you don't look that gift horse in the mouth. And by all accounts, him and Kyle Dubas seem to get along pretty well. They seem to be kind of on the same page for the most part. It's human nature. They're never going to be 100% in agreement. They're going to clash on some things. But the way I see it with Jari specifically is I I actually don't totally disagree with you that uh, Mike Sullivan had a huge hand in getting him signed because Sullivan is a I have my guys kind of guy. But the way I've always described this Tristan Jari extension is I think this was more than anything a move to help him mentally because he you look at his body of work, right? He replaces a guy who wins back-to-back Stanley Cups. And regardless of how far Matt Murray fell, that's still a big shoe to fill. 
And then he melts down in 2021 against the Islanders. And then he has a stellar bounce back season and then gets hurt against the Ra- or before the Rangers series and can't play in that. And then last year, kind of the same deal. Can't stay healthy, a little inconsistent. And also weighing on his mind is, where am I going to play next year? How am I going to play next year? What kind of contract am I going to get? So the Penguins come out and say, here's five years. Just go play goalie. Don't worry about anything else. You are the guy for the next five years. And sure, we're going to put some backups behind you who might take your job, but that's about the on ice, not the off ice. So all of your focus now is on your play in between the pipes. Before we get back to our really fun talk with Rachel and Russ from Locked on Flyers, we have to discuss FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 of bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL and Locked On. Yeah, that's a real interesting way to look at it because I think from an outside perspective, Jerry just does not seem like a goaltender that's going to take him to the Stanley Cup. Like he just doesn't. And so and he, might, he was a great junior goalie. Like he, he was a championship junior goalie when he was the backup, won that job. So I don't know, Rach. I, I, I've seen him do it. I think with him, it, his two biggest issues are one's out of his control is injury. Because I say this all the time, whether it's in writing or on podcasts, I think the term injury prone is stupid because you can't predict injury. It can be a fluke. It can be just something that happens. So I think that's silly. And the other, the thing he can control is his consistency because when he's consistent and he's not getting overworked and he's healthy, he's a pretty good goalie. And when you're the goalie, I say this to Hunter all the time, he's going to get sick of me saying it is when you're the goalie of the Pittsburgh Penguins since the 1980s, you don't need to be a Vesna candidate. You just need to not lose. And if there's one thing Tristan Jari can do when healthy is not lose. Right. I mean, uh, I, I'm not. I personally am very happy that Casey DeSmith is gone. Um, I'm happy for <laughs> you. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for us. I think it's a win-win situation. I, I, I have a, I have a, I have a slight <laughs> bias, and I, I understand what he did and all this stuff. But uh, he came in to as the goalie for the Wheeling Nailers the same season I came in to work for the team. So like, I kind of have that in the trenches of the minors mentality. But I'm also like. Uh, he wasn't the greatest guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, we saw him a lot, you know, we covering did. the Phantoms as well. So it was like, you know, just <laughs> a lot of Casey Dismith in my life. <laughs> so glad that era is over and we only have to maybe see him every so often with Mark. Can't run that tandem back. No. No. So with no. Eric Carlson, what is I'll tell you, my feeling is that uh, he's somewhere in between the guy last year and 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 most of his average seasons with Ottawa. I do think injuries got to him. I do think um, he had to learn how to play differently um, with the group they had there. And that's fine. That happens. But uh, when he's not hurt, he, he's terrific. Now, the thing is, 
the conflict there is, I think, going to be puck touches between him and Latang. So that could be a problem. What do you guys think? I think with, with that, I mean, and I do agree with you, Russ. I think for him this year, my expectations for Carlson, I don't think he's going to hit 100 this year, though I would love to be wrong on that. I think he's going to be somewhere in that 75, 80, 85 point range. Maybe he hits 90. I think that's also really not out of the realm of possibilities. Somewhere in between there, I think he hits. With your question when it comes to Latang, they're going to treat those top two pairings like they're two number one pairings because they kind of are. You signed Ryan Graves to that massive term. I think they think he's going to be the Brian Dumoulin replacement. I've said on my show a lot, I don't think he's a top pairing defenseman. I would probably put him down on the second pairing, but then you would have Marcus Pedersen come up. I think they're going to start the season with Ryan Graves with Chris, and they're going to start with Marcus Pedersen with Eric Carlson. You can flip-flop them if you want. I think Pedersen's the better of the two, but I think that's how they're going to do it. But they're going to split up their minutes. I think they'll get 23 to 25 each game, and then that'll leave the bottom pairing to get 10 to 12 minutes per game, something like that. When it's all said and done, you're going to have Eric Carlson and Chris hang on the ice for 80% of every game. Yeah, but what if, it, what if they're two goals down in the game and you're on the power play? Are you going to put them both on the power play? I would. Yes. I, I would start – I would start the season with both of them on the power play. Pat and I have been discussing that a lot on the show. You know, my dream unit for them is, you know, Cindy Crosby down low, Evgeny Malkin on the right half wall, Eric Carlson up top, Latang in the Kessel spot, and then you can put Jake Gensel in front of the net. They may They're not almost do it that all way. Hall of Famers. They're almost all Hall of Famers. <laughs> yes. I'm like, I'm like, I don't like that power play unit. Yeah, like yeah. Power yeah, play poor, unit. poor us. We we have to rule out all these Hall of Famers on our power play. Oh, please pity us. <laughs> That's the yeah, dream. It is interesting you brought up Graves, though, because that I had a question about his deal, because I feel like that was the one sort of maybe ding on what Kyle Dubas did this offseason. Like, that's a lot of term for him. Like, how do you see that playing out? I, I like it just because he's still young enough that by the time that contract ends, you know, assuming we don't have another world halting pandemic, knock on wood, uh, the salary cap is going to continue to escalate and get higher. And I think by the time that contract finishes, it, if if Graves doesn't work out, won't be that hard to move or at the very least won't be that hard to eat. And I, I'm i a lot higher on Ryan Graves than most. I, I think he's your Brian Dumoulin replacement with a little bit more offensive upside, if only for the fact that he's more willing to shoot the puck than Brian Dumoulin was. And if you have two guys on a top pairing or a second pairing, whether he's with Chris Letang or Eric Carlson, depending on how the pairings shake out, that actually gives them a little bit more of a varied attack because one, you know, Eric Carlson's going to be going for offense. Once you get into the offensive zone, it's what he does. But if there's a chance Ryan Graves is going to put the puck on the net, who do you cover and how do you, how do you structure that defensive zone system? So I think it's, it, I definitely agree at first. I was kind of like, Ooh, that's a lot for Ryan Graves. And I kind of went back, watched the tape, looked at his numbers. And I was like, you know what, for what he is and can be, I think you're putting a little bit of a bet on what he is going to become and continue to be. And end of the day, I'm, 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 I'm pretty happy with that bet. 
We'll be right back with our talk with Rachel and Russ. But before that, we got to tell you all about the Jace case. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. They are very simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Do not get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com with the promo code Locked On. So looking at the division overall, um, the Metro is very highly competitive this season, and there's not going to be a lot of room for error. I think, obviously, you know, with the Flyers, um, we're in year one of a rebuild. So expectations are a little different, but I think given all the moves that Dubas made this off season um, and the Crosby Malkin era and is looming, um, there's got to be a lot of pressure on the pens. And and do you think they can compete with the Canes and the Devils and maybe the Rangers in there too? I definitely think they can compete for a top three spot in that division. I think it's more so that the Rangers are the more vulnerable of the three. That's just my opinion, though. I think the Rangers, really good entering the year, but I'm not really sure how much of a bump they're going to get from Peter LaViolette compared to Gerard Gallant. The Canes and the Devils are the two big ones. Uh, When Pat and I did our Metro predictions about a couple weeks ago, we had those two as the two best teams in the division. And the Penguins, they're going to have to find a way to solve both those teams. They did not win any of their eight games combined against those two teams last year. That is a problem. Whether it was regulation losses or overtime, they looked bad against those teams. And that cannot be the case for a second straight year. Carolina, they're very deep. Their defense is awesome. Their goaltending, it's good enough. You know, Rod Brindamore plays a very stingy system and their goalies just have to be average for them to go far. New Jersey, it's a little bit different with their speed and skill. That's, I think, going to give the Penguins some more fits compared to Carolina. Both are kind of bad matchups, but I would rather play Carolina than New Jersey. But I do think with how this roster is constructed right now, they can compete for a top three spot. Again, more of a number three in that division compared to number one and number two. But maybe that goes a little bit higher depending on what they do at the trade deadline because I don't think Kyle Dubas is going to be standing pat there because I still think they need another impact winger for their bottom six that can contribute goals on a nightly basis. Because when I look at the team right now, I still see a team that's a little more top heavy compared to some other teams in the conference. And that's maybe not going to get as much offense from their bottom six compared to some of these other, you know, really good teams in the Metro. Yeah, I think uh, that's pretty spot on. Um, uh, You know, I, I think that third spot, like it's going to be a battle Royale for that third spot, I think between, you know, the pens and the Rangers and, you know, maybe the caps want to try, but I don't know. (laughs) I I mean, I looked, I just looked it up and the penguins were two and two against the Rangers. Now one of them was a six, nothing loss, but they still gave up 14 goals against the Rangers. And if if Panarin, you know, is is back to being Panarin, I think those are going to be really hard games, but also I think, they're going to have I, – I just think the Penguins will have a hard time being that even that number three. and doesn't mean they can't make the playoffs, but I think it's going to be a hard time. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I think Rachel nailed it. It's 
the Metro is always just a complete and total war. So, but I, I look at the Rangers and the one thing I see with them is they got a little bit older and they didn't really add to any of their deficiencies. Like now you have Igor Shesterkin who greatest great equalizer is always goaltending. It can, it can make a, a great team better. It can make a bad team look like they're just average. So I also, and you guys know this is, is Flyers fans. They also have Laviolette. And in the first couple seasons of Laviolette's tenure, wherever he goes, he gets that team to overperform what the, the expectation is. So that's the big concern for me more than yeah. anything with the Rangers is as soon as Laviolette takes the bench behind any team, those first two, three years, a roster that may not be overly impressive suddenly is making a run at the division and winning a couple rounds in the playoffs. So what if he gives Lafreniere bigger minutes? Like there's a younger guy there and there's other younger guys there that actually could do better if he opened things up for them. So that's something where I think that could be the equalizer. I don't know for sure, but it could be. Yeah. And and those two, uh, Lafreniere and uh, Kako, there are the two guys I'm looking at most this year. And I said it on our Metro preview episode is, if they continue on the trajectory to just look like middle six forwards and the Rangers have problems, mm-hmm. but if they all of a sudden under Laviolette, who is good with younger guys, gives them heightened responsibility, heightened minutes, and they take them and run with them, then I'm with you guys. I don't know how easy it's going to be for the Penguins to finish in third. So the Rangers are the big wild card in the Metropolitan Division this year. I also think real quick, a team to keep an eye on regardless of all the drama surrounding them right now is Columbus. Cause it's not a horrible roster. I don't think they're going to make no. the playoffs or a wild card, but they can play spoiler in this division. That's already going to be a battle as it is. Yeah. I mean, look, they're going to get more out of, out of line a because Pasco Vincent knows line a and line a loves them. So that that's a plus line. A was not going to be good for with Babcock. I think we all know no. that, but no, now right. he, you know, you might actually get more out of line a so that that could be a problem. And hey, yeah. you know, they, the Islanders are always like that bad penny. They always turn yeah. off somewhere, right? Oh, yeah, they're a, they're a hard team, too. I know Islander fans, you know, if they catch wind of this, they're going to be like, wow, how come you're not safe? Well, listen, because the Islanders didn't do anything, but it still doesn't mean they're not going to be hard to play against. And sure, they can make the playoffs. I mean, injuries and all those things come into play. But, yeah, the Islanders are there, too. It's the hardest division in hockey. I'm sorry. It just is. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Uh, that's the, the most fun part about doing these in-division crossovers, I think, is talking trash about the other teams that aren't here. So uh, and talking trash about the Islanders is always a fun pastime for me. So enjoy that moment. But um, I want to wrap up here with the, kind of where we started and, and like what is the perception of the Flyers from the Pens fan base? And like, do they see the rivalry the way it was or like where do we stand here and like who would you think your biggest rival is now? I don't think the Penn's Flyers Flyers rivalry right now is where it was say in you know 2012 heck even 2018 during that series with the Penguins won in six games I think right now the biggest Penguins rivals are a the New York Rangers and b the Washington Capitals you put the Islanders up there too but the Rangers with how that playoff series really catapulted them up to that number one spot. I was telling this to Pat the other day. It feels like these rivalries go in cycles. Like sometimes it's the Flyers at the top. Sometimes it's the Rangers as it is now. Sometimes yeah. it's the Capitals. Heck, the Capitals probably were the Penguins' top rival from, I would say, 
2015 to 2017. You can even say 2018 in there with that final series. After that, went down a little bit, but I would still say it's top two right Ranger, now. Rangers, Rangers and Penguins have always had a great rivalry. I mean, yeah. you can go back to when Adam Graves uh, broke Lemieux's wrist and the hate. I, that, I'd rather not. But. I know, but I'm just saying <laughs> the hate that that was there for that was palpable, right? It was unbelievable. Oh yeah, I I, I, I was living in New York at the time, so like I know. I, I'll I'll never not share or retweet or re X or whatever we call it now. Uh, the picture of the guy at the Penguins game in that series that had the sign that said Barry Graves. It's, it's right. my, one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite historical pictures in this <laughs> franchise's history. Right. That was a good one. That was but, definitely a good but, one. But I know, like for me, like I have a lot of love for the Penguins Flyers rivalry, and I can't wait for it to, no pun intended, get off of ice again and heat up. Because I went to a college that, for whatever reason, in central Pennsylvania, decided to be 50-50 Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. So, And that was between the years of 2009 and 2014. Okay. So that was like the height of this modern rivalry of the Penguins-Flyers. And that was I was there for that 2012 series that was a complete gong show. Oh, yeah. I couldn't and, even – I couldn't even – I would look down – Put down, try and type. Somebody scored. Somebody else scored. I'd look down. Someone. It was just goal, 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 goal. It was crazy. And I do know that, at least in my experience with the people in my life and the people I know, there is a a begrudging love for this rivalry because you just love to show up to a game or sit down for a game on TV against the Flyers when both teams are good and just everything that team does regardless of what it is annoys you and that's my favorite part and i've met and gotten to know through both you know social media podcasts just life in general so many people who are flyers fans and anytime we're not playing them love them to death would go get beers with them hang out with them do whatever but on game day don't come near oh listen i i yeah. you know with the media i was I sat right near Iceberg and I had to endure his stupid drum all the oh. time. I hate Iceberg, man. I hate L him. Listen, listen, I hate the drum too, so you're not going to offend me. <laughs> okay. It's annoying. Good. Well, <laughs> it's, just, it's fun, but it's also nasty. I can't say the same for oh, some yeah. of the other Penguins rivalries, but I, I've had the most fun, I think, watching these two teams at the height of their rivalry. I mean, you know, just the line brawl. Before the playoff series, I'll always have that in my head because I know exactly where I was during that time. You have the other crazy games from 2009, that series, even 2008, the 2012 series, obviously, where, as Pat said, it was a gong show. You had fights every yeah. five seconds. Oh, yeah. Goalies couldn't say, stop anything. No. No. 2018, it was a fraction of that. And I don't know if it's ever going to get packed back to the level that we saw in 2012. I can only maybe hope they can get close to it, not the total gong show, but hockey is better when these two teams are, you know, both I would say competitive because I know the Flyers are rebuilding right now and also just, you know, each other's top rivals. Yeah. Uh, as somebody uh, who's a long, lifelong Flyers fan, whose brother wound up in Pittsburgh and raised children who became Penn's fans, 
um, I had to buy my nephew a Malkin jersey, and that was one of the worst days of my life. <laughs> that that being said, it is fun, and I agree with you that hockey is better off when this rivalry is going strong. Uh, guys, thank you so much. Where can people find y'all out there? You can find me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes, and you can follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Uh, shows are on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Sirius XM, all that good stuff. Pat, you can plug your Twitter now. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, any basically any social media at, uh, app by the same name as Twitter, at synonym for wet. You can see my last name if you get the pun. So that's where you find me. You can also, uh, I'm going to have a new one this week on Friday. You can also find my Penguins Perspectives column on kdk.com. And those come out every Friday morning. It's going to get kicked back up now with training camp here and Thank you guys for having us on. This was uh, this is a ton of fun. Yeah, a good time. Absolutely.